You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, August 25th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work on places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer. And uh, maybe if that doesn't uh, float your boat for whatever reason, this is a baseball podcast. But anyway, might as well just, you know, just just in case you might uh, like some of my entertainment related work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, Film Cred, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. I'll do my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them uh, here on the old show. And for today's episode, guys, it is brought to you by the old Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. And for today's show, we are talking with Mr. Jeff Snyder of the Locked On Dodgers podcast. And a first of two part uh, discussion, part two will be tomorrow when we talk a little bit more generally about our two teams and what have you. Uh, and then this, we actually recorded this right after the end of last night's game. So we're going to get to right to that in just a second. And then afterwards, after we're done kind of recapping last night's game for the last back end of the podcast, I just want to talk to you guys quickly about a little bit of an issue that I've recently uh, come across and noticed when it comes to the Padres. And honestly, what comes across for the rest of baseball in general. So uh, without further ado, guys, let's get to it. All right. I'm Jeff Snyder. That's Javier Reyes. I'm locked on Dodgers. He's locked on Padres. One of us is happy. One of us is sad. And that's just the way I like it. How you doing, Javi? <laughs> oh, my God. That was awesome. Just That is the to- complete antithesis of my introductions. I, like, draw them out and everything. And you cut right to the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> what else well, do you yeah. want from me? It's terrible. <laughs> no, you know, your sadness is all I need, Javi, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, I think my wife's leaving me. My kids don't love me anymore. But Javi's sad. So, you know, I'm just kidding. My wife loves me and so do my kids. Uh, but you are sad. And that does make me happy. Uh, uh, but so the Dodgers and Padres played game one of the series tonight. We mm-hmm. we tried to line up to do a series preview, but mm-hmm. our timing didn't work out right. So we're we're instead recording right after game one of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it'll still be kind of a series preview, although we are a third of the way into the series. And so I guess mm-hmm. first let's talk about game one. What's your takeaways from from this game, Javi? Uh, game one from the Padres side of things, I guess. So in fairness. Uh, it was a bullpen game. I guess it was the the game where Padres are not exactly as excited fans. They're not as excited because they just don't have a starter for the game. But the same time, it is the and I mean this not in a, like a, a insulting way, but like out of all of the stars that the Dodgers have, not necessarily the one that you fear the most in Julio Arias. That being said, he's still a very good pitcher, has a lot of talent and has kind of been, dare I say, the most underrated player on the Dodgers this year maybe I don't know I know they have some other guys on there I'm not as fluent with the team but uh you know it's just that he he doesn't have to be almost as good he's probably a number two on most other teams in 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 the sport so uh he's been very good for the team so I wasn't as disappointed in that but really the big takeaway from the game is what probably is the same thing that you're gonna say which is AJ Pollock's catch 
uh, of Manny Pachano's home run. It was a brilliant catch. I saw some people saying that the fans should have intervened and like grabbed the ball more. And my response to that is the Padres, when you want to get breaks like that, they should be looking to Arizona. They should be looking to Colorado. They should be looking to Miami to get those breaks where the fans intervene with the ball and it happens to be a home run. And unfortunately, we already played those teams. The Padres are 15 and I believe 19 now officially since the All-Star break. Uh, They have not been good since the trade deadline. Basically all bad news, uh, especially with the day of the trade deadline. Tatis gets hurt, misses like a week and a half. He only just came back against Arizona. So it's really been kind of downhill in every conceivable fashion. This was just yet again, while it was kind of cool that we're playing a, a, a good team that we obviously have a big rivalry against that was like made it at least an exciting game to look forward to. Um, it just kind of further exacerbates the issue, which is that the Padres, all of their depth is gone and nobody has really stepped up for the team in a giant, giant way. There's been good players, but not enough depth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it is fun to play rivalry games. I remember when the Dodgers were playing the Giants recently. And, you know, I, I remember what that's like to play against a rival. Um, yeah, Kenley Jansen, man. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. Uh, we got to talk about him in a sec. <laughs> Julio, Julio, yeah, you're right. You know, the big question mark for Julio, he's been great this year. Uh, he's had a couple clunkers, but for the most part, he's been great. Big mm-hmm. question was he, he just coming off the I.L., uh, you know, we didn't know for sure if his his little calf injury, he got hit, hit in the calf with a pitch. That's why he was on the IL. And we didn't know if that was an actual injury or, a, oh, here's a good excuse to, you know, he's already way exceeded his innings uh, limit or the his career high in innings in a season. So maybe let's give him a start off. And so, you know, there were kind of question marks about how his command would be, all that stuff. Uh, he looked really good for the five innings he was in. And, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, maybe if his spot hadn't been coming up in the lineup, maybe they would have liked to get one more inning out of him since the, the bullpen maybe I not like mm-hmm. they ran out of guys, but there were some question marks, but yeah, AJ Pollock's catch was, uh, was kind of the, the, you know, his catch and then his two run single. So basically he accounted for four runs mm-hmm. in a three run victory. So it's hard not to give AJ Pollock the player of the game. It was kind of funny after the game, he was talking to Kirsten Watson, the Dodgers sideline reporter. And, and he said, I embarrassed myself the last time I went up to rob a Homer. I was trying to tell the guys I had a little more hops than last time I wanted to jump early. So I didn't hit the wall like last time. And I don't know if you saw last time uh, there was a home run that uh, in the last series that should have been, I'm not saying it should have been robbed. I'm saying most left fielders would have put themselves in a much better position to potentially rob the home run. And yeah, I uh, think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And, and you see what happened here, you know, the Dodger stadium wall is eight feet high, eight feet high. The Petco park wall is seven feet high. Uh, but Pollock, his glove barely got to the top of the wall against the Do- at Dodger stadium because he jumped up into the wall. And uh, this time he did time to write and jumped in front of the wall and reached up and he got, you know, two and a half or three feet above the wall. So he, he probably got a full two feet higher than he did the last time. And, you know, he needed every inch of it because he, that thing was almost snow coned. But uh, yeah, I did notice that the Padre fans out there might want to try opening their eyes. Did you see some of those screenshots? Like there was a whole lot of closed eyes going for that ball. Yeah. I'm not saying this is like the Steve Bartman type of thing or anything like, like that, but it was, it was a, uh... It was discouraging, but again, granted, it's just, I don't know what to say. I, I just don't want to go down that route of being like, hey, you should have, you know, grabbed his arm and ripped it off. It's like, all right, guys, bottom line is that we're playing against a good team now, you know, and I just don't want to make that excuse. I'm willing to just be like, no, it was a great catch. And if you expect great catches, they come from good teams. I know I sound like a, a casual by saying these terms right now, but like, it's true. 
Uh, you should be expecting teams like Colorado to drop balls like that. You should be expecting, but you lost them already. So really this is, it, it actually is very befitting that the Dodgers now come out. They have Urias who I'm just looking at stuff, 21 whips on his fastball tonight, which is really good. And the curve he had one, I don't know if it was against Tatis. Yeah. It was against Tatis at one point and it was just filthy. I was like, yeah, this guy's on today. Uh, unfortunately for the Padres. Um, I was actually, it was really one of those things where I was relieved that he got taken out. I know that you said he was just coming off that injury, so I get it, but I was relieved because if there's only one, you know, chink in the armor of the Dodgers, it's that their bullpen, not bad, but it doesn't, Kenley Jansen at this point in his career is just lowercase cap, like lowercase G good. Uh, like he's a good reliever. He definitely can have that white bat strikeout stuff. We'll talk about Adam Frazier in a second and his at bat, um, which is just that that really surprised a lot, by the way, the Adam Frazier at bat. But he does. He's not as invincible as he used to be. But that being said, he's still a pretty good player. He's still got guys like Blake Trine and, uh, and Gratter on the bullpen. So still, but it, it definitely made me a little bit more excited. And then Jerks and Profar being the one guy that hit a home run in this game, which was uh, for the Padres, at least um, very odd. Uh, it was only like his fifth of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So. Look, it's, it's been bad all the way around, but in fairness, the Dodgers, I do think, won the game. I don't think there was some Doug Eddings was a big controversy in the, in the Phillies game. No, none of that. It was a good game played by the Dodgers, and this is what happens when you have – I think this was the Padres' fourth bullpen game in the last eight games, if I'm not mistaken. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. It is the first social audio platform made for sports fans – it's free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Lockdown Padres once a week, and you can finally join in on the conversations. Guys, Green Room is perfect because you just got to download the app. It's really easy accessible. You download the app, find a room you want to join, join, and just talk into your phone. It's just as easy as that. Really easily uh, accessible, which is why I like about it. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and Join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S, R-E-Y-E-S. There we go. Forgot how to say my name for a second. And be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week either for tonight's game, uh, which is going to be on ESPN, apparently, between the Dodgers and the Padres, or for tonight or tomorrow night's game. I can't talk right now. Sorry, it's really late. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that, guys. 9, 10 p.m. Eastern time, my time, of course. Uh, so remember to go follow me on there. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. something we're familiar with in Dodgerland. The Dodgers have had – and Dodgers mm-hmm. only have – with Julio back, they're now up to four starting pitchers. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we've seen our share of bullpen games. Luckily, there won't be any in this series. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Padres did get the tying run to the plate in the eighth inning and the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the eighth inning was was interesting because Blake Training came in. And basically, you just got to hand it to Manny Machado and, and Fernando Tatis. They both laid off some really tough Blake Trinan pitches, the kind of pitches that Trinan usually gets swings and misses on, Mm -hmm. you know, usually Mm -hmm. that's his out pitch and they laid off him. And so kudos to them. And then, you know, Jake Cronenworth just couldn't lay off that, that Mm -hmm. high cutter uh, Mm -hmm. the way the other guys had. And that was the big difference. And then the ninth inning, you know, it it was a good inning by Kenley. He got the first two outs quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you call Will my, the baseball guy, I just want to make sure my hey. listeners know that that Javi Reyes refers to Will Myers as Will My the baseball guy. 
look, man, when you get caught up in all the, the power, the rise to fame of 2020, and he's literally like one of the best players on the team, you just say some outlandish things. And you know what? No, I stand by it. I mean, you can't say, will the thrill that's already been taken. And I thought it was pretty, look, I'm a fan of things. I think we've talked, not we've talked about this, but you've talked about the wave before and how it's very, it's very silly, but you know what? Having a silly thing every now and then, at least it's a silly thing that we like talk about. And even if we make fun of it, it's still kind of like fun. It adds energy to the game. That's me with Will Mai, the baseball guy. It is definitely easily the dumbest thing I've arguably ever said to be honest with you that that, that might be true uh so anyway i'll I'll give my version so uh slightly above average player will myers got a a base hit to left field and then jerks and profar put up a great jerks and profar is really tough to strike out so is adam frazier um and and he did but uh you know if profar he put up a really good at bat and uh you know he he earned that walk uh and that made frazier the potential tying run and then uh he Adam Frazier, tell me, is is this what you envisioned when the when the Padres traded for Adam Frazier at the trade deadline? So this I will defend myself on viciously. Okay, so when I tweeted the whole thing about how I want like AJ probably to just stab me and all that stuff like that, in fairness, is an ongoing. But any trade he makes, I just all caps beg him to kill me. When the trade actually happened, it was definitely like a trade I was excited about. I was like, okay, cool. You get a hard-hitting first ba- uh, second baseman. He leads the NL and hits. However, one thing that I did know note in my podcast when I talked about it was he doesn't have the skill set that the Padres actually were lacking uh, with batting average and on-base stuff. And it's not like he's an elite, you know, Andleton Simmons quality defender or anything like that, right? So it felt like a just an added extra good player, and that's fine, but it was not necessarily an area they missed. After missing out on Gallo, I assumed that this was probably, you know, their second option. And, you know, I expected him to regress to a, d- a degree. I thought he might be like a 270 guy. He's batting 330 with the Pirates, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look at this right now. Just 324. So 324, and then now currently with the Padres – uh, I don't have the stats adjusted, but 241, 283, 287. So uh, not great in 23 games now, 24 games. Um, he's been rough and it's, and he doesn't take pitches, which I think is the most infuriating part. Um, he's, you know, three pitch strikeout uh, tonight, but he's tends to swing at the first pitch. He just seems like he's trying to just get that single like immediately for some reason. And that's just not what the Padres need. They need some guys who are going to lift the ball over the fence. I mean, every team wants that, obviously, but they need guys who are going to more consistently do that. They are very good at getting on base. They are very good at heading for a decent average. But when it comes to those big home runs, they've been kind of having the Jake Cronenworth moments all year. And Cronenworth has been good. Don't get me wrong. He's the only bright spot of the last week when he ties the game against who the heck we were playing, Philadelphia, um, in the inning when Joe Girardi decided to get himself trending on Twitter yet again. But, um, yeah, for the most part, it kind of surmises it and – I just wish that Frazier was average. I wish that Frazier could be as good as Tyler Wade of the Yankees. Just a guy who bats 260, 340 on base. But instead, his regression has been extreme. And that's kind of been the problem with the Padres all year, is that guys who maybe have been overperforming in previous years, they've regressed extremely, uh, especially in the case of our first baseman, who's become the enemy of all Padres fans, it seems. Even though he's actually been decent lately with walking, but still. It's too bad nobody warned you before the season that he was unlikely to be good for a second season in a row. Uh, you know, he you, you remember that Eric Hosmer has never had two good seasons in a row in his whole life, 100%. right? Yeah. Never. Not even in Little League. Like, nope. he was great as a 10-year-old, sucked as an 11-year-old, you know? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, you have any other thoughts about this game, or should we start talking about the rest of the series coming up? 
Uh, not really, other than the fact that it made me sad. And I did notice that people were saying there not, wasn't a, a, a different vibe uh, for the game. I know your boy Vince Sampiero, of co-host for Lockdown Dodgers. Uh, everyone go check him out. He was mentioning that the vibe was different. And it did feel a little bit different. Like it, it was still, believe it or not, the funny thing is it was actually a decent game. I, I will say that. Like it wasn't a bad, it was yet again another pretty good. I honestly only think there's been one mediocre game this year between the Padres and Dodgers. It was when they won like 6-1. The Padres, I mean, won 6-1. And it, I mean, I, I loved it, obviously, but it wasn't like an exciting game. Even this one, you had Cronenworth up. You had the 15 pitch at bat or whatever it was against Jerks and Profar, which was hilarious. I was just like, oh, here they go. Rip, you know, throwing out the fishing rod, trying to get me to think they're going to win this game. Um, but otherwise, uh, yet again, another good game for this kind of really heated series between the two teams. Now seven and five in the Padres' favor this year, but I can't even brag about that anymore considering they've been absolutely falling off cliffs since the deadline. Yeah, I did notice that this result was a little different than the ones when uh, like Luke Rayleigh and uh, you know all those other guys who are currently either in AAA or out of the organization were getting more plate appearances, uh, almost as if. <laughs> For the sweep <laughs> series, right? Yeah, that one. That, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, so, uh, and, and you know, I Padre fans are familiar with the uh, – the idea of blaming series losses on injuries. So, uh, oh, stop it. We're not getting into this. <laughs> Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. It's that time of the year again, guys, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the grid. Iron just started the football season. As all, and as always, Bet Online, it's got you back, guys. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your first 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. It's great, guys. It's great. And they, of course, have all of your stuff from football to basketball to baseball, NBA, whatever it is that you're super into. They got you covered, guys. Remember to use that promo code also locked on when signing up. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And all right, everybody, that is a cut for just part one of my conversation with Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers. Be sure to go follow him and what have you. And now I just want to talk to you guys myself for a little bit, a little bit seriously, not about the team, but a little bit of an issue that I saw prop up on my Twitter feed. And I have to take blame because I don't actually talk about these this issue too much more than I probably should be just in general to be honest with you not talking a lot about minor leaguers you know what I mean not talking a lot about prospects you know I usually bring on Arm Layton of Lockdown Marlins for that I drag him in here he owes me a debt you know a life debt and I just I, I call him up I send him a text message and boom he's already he's right there in the studio you know what I mean of course I'm joking around but the big thing that I, I also want to talk about this time is not just prospects and I'm actually probably going to talk about that a little bit maybe on um, Thursday's pod uh, perhaps uh, Mackenzie Gore's developments, I think, might be worthy of being discussed, um, along with some other C.J. Abrams thoughts. But for now, instead, I wanted to just mention, and I saw this on on Twitter via the Advocates for Minor Leaguers account and my LB Advocates, and they basically brought up um, the Padres and their owner Peter Seidler, uh, kind of their comments regarding the minor league system. And what they pointed out was back on August 5th uh, of this year, uh, the Padres, in quotes, the Padres take great pride in providing best-in-class resources throughout our minor league system. 
That's from August 5th of 2021. And then in terms of February, back in February, the owner, Peter Seidler, like I mentioned before, in quotes, I cannot be happier with where we are business-wise. There's nothing we can't do. That was from, like I said, uh, not August. First quote was from August, and then the second one was from February, um, uh, February 24th to be exact, of this year. And then, meanwhile, you look at what they're doing with minor leaguers, right? And how if you're supposedly the best in class, the graph shows, then why aren't you doing something like what the Giants are doing? At the AAA level, the Padres have no housing stipend. Well, the Giants do. At the AA level, there's no housing stipend for Padres minor leaguers, while the Giants do have that. And for single A, they charge players a daily housing fee, while the Giants, they fully cover housing, except for taxes, but they fully cover housing. You can't go out here, and it's not like these quotes were from a couple years ago, which is what I like about this little piece. It's not like they were from a couple years ago. No, they, they very much aren't. Um, and that's my thing. There really needs to be, I think that we're slowly getting there where more people are talking about just the heinous conditions in which minor leaguers are operating in. Uh, but I really felt kind of a little guilty that I hadn't brought it up myself because it should be brought up. And it should be brought up that the Padres are a good example of teams that are saying one thing and then doing the other. That happens throughout life, don't get me wrong. Teams and organizations and companies oftentimes like to just use and get good PR and say the quotes that make the headlines and make people think they're actually doing something when they're not. And I also recognize, in fairness, that there's some other aspects to this. I know that people were praising the Astros for their housing thing. And Cheryl Ring, who baseball Twitter people might be familiar with, she's an attorney, she wrote this piece kind of about how the Astros thing, well, it's not like inherently totally like a thousand percent evil. And she's a lawyer and she understands kind of urban development and these kind of housing related issues kind of broke down why that might be misleading and might actually be bad for minor leaguers potentially in the future. It's an interesting piece that I recommend checking out. I had to reread it a couple times just because I'm not I'm a little bit of a dumbo for uh, people not familiar. Uh, I'm not necessarily the smartest, uh, sharpest tool in the shed. So I had to reread it a couple times. But there are some a lot of complications here. But one thing that I don't think is complicated is that minor leaguers deserve some sort of living wage. You know what I mean? I don't understand how you can be it's it's just you feel like you're losing talent. I don't understand these horror stories of like 17 guys living in one apartment room or whatever, sleeping on wood and I'm being a little bit of exaggeration right now, but there's all sorts of things. I know people like literally I'm not going to reveal my sources, but I know some people who know people, you know what I mean, that I've been talking about um all sorts of conditions that they've been that they've been going through and it's a really big prevalent giant issue, I think, uh all across baseball. Um, to be honest with you, and it's it's really rough. I know some teams have it worse than others, but I do think that it is worth being talked about because I think the Padres got a little, good, lot of good press. I'm not talking about just the baseball team. Obviously, what the baseball team has been doing is great. They've been spending more money when it comes to the Padres as an organization. They actually trade for guys. They're not doing what the Royals or the, the Cleveland, formerly known as the... They're still the Cleveland Indians. They're going to be the Guardians. The Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to be the Guardians of Cleveland soon. Uh, but teams like that, who just never are spending anything, they are. there's a great um, chart in an article actually for Just Baseball, which I contribute to, which you guys should check out, basically kind of mapping uh, the overall gross of a team versus their actual output and on their payroll. And it's a lot of teams, it's disturbing how like much more they're worth than what their thing is. So go check that out on Just Baseball. But um, one thing I will say about the Padres is they get good press from that. And they also got good press from the COVID-19 pandemic where they immediately said, we're paying everybody, we're covering all employee expenses until October. It was a nice thing to do. 
And it's actually just a human right thing to do. I mean, this is a global pandemic that we had here. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's the minimum you can do, to be honest with you. But they did do it while a lot of teams weren't, especially teams like the Oakland A's, whose owner is like one of the five richest in all of baseball. So that's that's an issue. But I think because of that is one of the reasons people are ignoring uh, parts of the Padres um, not addressing the minor league issue. And I know that major league players, it's, it's very separate. This is something that we all pay attention to all the time. I literally started this off by admitting that I don't always pay attention to these issues, but I just I think it needs to be said, and I think it needs to be something that is addressed. And while I know that we as Padres fans are excited about the team and the, th- the developments that they've had, this is just kind of unacceptable in my opinion. It's a broad issue. It's not the only team. Let's make no mistake. Not the only team to do this, but that does not mean that they can be let off the wagon, let off the book. Wow. Let off the hook. That's what I meant. Let off the book. Guys, this is what happens when you podcast late at night. Uh, But that's basically all I wanted to say on that. I will probably be talking about this more in the future. I might reach out to Cheryl Ring or some other people who know a little bit more about this uh, probably in the future, especially when we get a little bit closer to the offseason. My work schedule kind of slows down. Definitely plan on doing that. You can count on it. Uh, I don't give up back on my word when it comes to serious issues like that. So, guys, before we officially wrap this up, though, let me talk to you really quickly. Betting on the Padres, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, tomorrow, podcast with Jeff Snyder, part two of our our, our discussion. Uh, it, it's really fun. I always love talking to Jeff. Even if he is my arch nemesis, very, very fun. So look forward to that. And going to try to get a, a crossover with Lockdown Angels host Brent McGuire. Uh, because he's actually going to be leaving the network soon. So I want to get him get a talk with him one more time for this Angels series uh, happening over the weekend, and then talking a little bit about C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore, uh, just my thoughts on them, and bringing up yet again the idea of whether or not A.J. Preller should have traded them to you know, capitalize at the deadline and get some better assets to make a run at the postseason this year. I'll be giving my thoughts on that, guys. So as always, it's been fun. You've been listening. To the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. Send me a question in the review uh, section, by the way. I'll answer it on the show. Uh, follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.